Hello, and welcome back to another episode of TCRG to CEO Radio. I'm your host, Courtney J, and we're here for an episode all about finances. If you're a studio owner, this is a must listen for you to understand your finances better, make more profit, and overall have a thriving studio. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, go head over to at Courtney J underscore TCRG to follow along in real time. I do three stories a week addressing business, teaching, and open-ended topics so that you guys can have some interaction and Q&A with me on a weekly basis. Next episode will be a podcast Q&A, so I'm going to put a question box on my story so that you guys are able to submit some questions to hear on next week's episode. We also have a Facebook group just for TCRG to CEO Radio listeners, and I would love for you to go and join that. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash TCRG to CEO to request to join. Just fill out the answers to all the questions and you'll get approved into the group. By popular request, I made a book list for you guys. I mentioned on one of my last couple episodes that one of my goals in 2019 was to read 12 books, so one book a month. I put together a list of my favorites from last year, as well as some titles that I'll be reading this year, so that you guys can read along with me. You can get that list from the Facebook group, or you can subscribe to my email list by going to www.courtneyjtcrg.com slash podcast. Just subscribe and you'll get the list. Let's get into today's episode, all about finances. You could have the absolute best programs in the world, be the best teacher in the world, but if your finances are lacking, you're not going to have a profitable studio, which is going to make things more stressful than they need to be, and you're always going to be worried about money. So let's go behind the scenes a little bit today. I'm going to take you through my personal finance sheet what I use to log and track my finances every single month and kind of give you guys an idea of where money is coming in from and where it's going out. Now, I've been really fortunate to be profitable from day one, and it's allowed me to continually reinvest money that I'm making back into my business, as well as give me opportunities like purchasing the premises that my studio operates from and taking risks in other marketing opportunities and things that I might not be able to do if purse strings were really tight. Now, if numbers really aren't your thing, I want you to remember the big three. First is gross income. Your gross income is all of the money that's coming in without taking out any expenses. It's every single dollar that you're earning. Just remember that all of the money that you're making in your gross income is where all of your expenses are also going to come from later. So don't get too excited by the number that you see in your income column because it's just your gross income. The next thing I want you to remember is your net profit or your net income. This is your income after all of your expenses are taken out. We're going to go through what all of those expenses are, and then the net profit is what you are left with at the end. So for a lot of people, their gross profit might be really high, but then if they also have a lot of expenses, where you might go wrong is that your net profit goes all the way to zero or possibly even in the red. 
And the last one is your expenses. Most people have an understanding of what their expenses are, but you wanna be tracking them all very, very carefully. If you have money in the bank, it's easy to overspend or stretch yourself too thin. And we wanna make sure that the things that we are spending money on are the things that are making our business grow. There are a few tools you can use to help you track your finances. The most popular is probably QuickBooks. My mom has worked in accounting for a majority of her life and she strongly recommends QuickBooks. I haven't upgraded yet, but I probably will soon. My studio software has some financial reporting built in. So I use a combination of that and a simple old Excel spreadsheet. I sit down for the last Friday of every month and have Finance Friday with myself, going through all of the ins and outs and tracking them in the appropriate box. This helps me keep up with my finances throughout the year so that around this time, when it's time to get taxes prepared, it's not a mad dash having things forgotten and making a lot of work just to get my taxes ready to go to my accountant. So I'm gonna bring you guys behind my computer screen and we're gonna go through this Excel spreadsheet line by line. So let's start with income. On the income line, you're probably going to have a lot of your revenue coming from group classes. Group classes tend to be our bread and butter. The classes that run throughout the year or throughout each term, however you structure your studio. This is usually where the majority of the money comes from and the money that you tend to think about on a weekly or monthly basis. But you might also have some seasonal or specialty classes that run not maybe through the whole year, but through different times of the year that bring in additional income. You might also have private lessons on a weekly, monthly, or just every so often basis. Make sure that all of those things get accounted for and go in your income. Next, we have our costumes or merchandise. Now, if you're not making a markup on your costumes and merchandise, you need to start doing that. This isn't about being greedy. This is about spending the time to organize these things, having your logo and design put onto other garments. It's about all of the work that it takes for you to make those things happen. My team has a joke about how much we dread our merchandise orders because it takes so much time for us to really organize it, get it out, go through the merchandise order with every single parent and get it all here correct and intact. So your time alone is worth that markup on your merchandise, apparel, and costumes. Next, we have fees. Maybe you have a membership fee or a registration fee that's due upfront when a new student joins, or perhaps you charge late fees or another type of fee that gets assessed at a certain time of the year. You need to account for this in your income line as well, as it might not seem like a lot or it might be a forgettable income generator, but it's something that does add income to your bottom line. I set my Excel sheet up with monthly sheets. So at certain times of the year, this column is really full 
and at other times it's much lighter or it goes to zero. And this is perfectly fine because you want one sheet at the beginning or at the end that auto sums all of your monthly sheets into your annual income total. And this might not be the case for every studio owner, but I'm gonna go through as many income streams as I can possibly think of. And the next one is private events or studio hire. You might have a acrobatics teacher that rents your studio a couple hours a week, or you might have a mom's group that comes in every last Friday of the month that pays rent to the studio. Anyone that is spending time and money to come to your studio for purposes outside of dance class, you can put in a studio hire row. And this is a great way to make use of your studio or your space when you're not actively in it. I've been approached by hula hoop instructors, reading teachers, and moms groups just for these types of purposes. And it's a little something that helps that bottom line at the end of every month. You might also run events like birthday parties at your studio. And this is another income line that you can create in your sheet to help you track these events as they happen. Maybe you have a party fee or maybe you have a per guest fee or added fee to that. So you can total up the income from that complete birthday party or event and add it to this line. You may also need a line for partnerships or co-taught classes. For example, we might have a yoga teacher that comes in and teaches classes in the space that isn't taught by you or fall under your school's programming. You might have a deal where you split the income from that class instead of paying the teacher an hourly rate. So let's just say that the class brings in $100 every week in profit if you have a profit share, you'll split that in half and or each week you'll track in $50 for a total of $200 a month. The last line on my income section is for internal events and exams. For example, we just had a holiday party in December where it was a ticketed event so we can spend a little bit on food and activities and things for our guests. This is something where the ticket fees were collected up front. This is something that would go in that internal event box. Or perhaps you're offering great exams for your dancers where there's an entry fee associated with it and you'll pay out to an examiner and all of that afterwards. This is something where you wanna track that in and when you need that box, it's there. If it's a month where there's nothing going on, you'll leave it to zero. I have one extra box at the end of my income section simply labeled other as sometimes there are some revenue sources that don't fit neatly into one of the above boxes. So this lets me track in anything that doesn't seem to fit anywhere else and make sure that it's accounted for. By adding up all of the numbers in the boxes that we've mentioned, either on a monthly or annual basis, you'll be able to determine what your gross revenue is for your studio. So your gross income, remember, is everything you've earned, every dollar you've earned without taking out your expenses. Next, we're gonna talk about our expense categories. And some of them fall under operating expenses and others are things that get expensed out along the way. I'm gonna talk you through every box just the same way as I did in the income section. Your operating expenses are everything that you need to run your business. Now, 
there is an argument that anything, including bathroom cleaner, is something that you need to run your business. But these are your big ones. Most importantly, your rent or your mortgage for your space, your utilities, if those aren't already included in your rent, and your wages that you pay to your staff. Without these things, your business simply can't run, which is why they're your big, big, big operating expenses. So your rent should be something that you can figure out pretty quickly. It's either one steady amount each month if you are leasing a space, or if you have an hourly rental on a space, you'll just need to calculate that out. And I put mine in right when I write my check every month. It helps me make sure that everything's in there. Next, you might have a HOA or a CAM with your rent or your mortgage. This is for your communal space. For example, you might be in a strip mall where there's a common area maintenance charge on top of your rent, or my unit is in a condo association where there is a association fee applicable to my space. This is something that is payable every month. It doesn't go away. It's a fixed monthly payment and it goes right into my sheet in its own little category. Depending on how your rent is structured, you may have your utilities like your electric and your gas and your water already included in your monthly payment, or they might be separate accounts that you need to look at every month. Now utilities, if they're not included in your monthly fee, are things that fluctuate. Obviously, if you live in a place like Connecticut, your heat or your gas bill is higher in the winter, but then goes down again in the summer and vice versa for electric. So you'll need to put a utilities box in for each of those expenses. My water bill is included in my association fee, so that's something that I don't have to include. Just make sure that you have all the boxes that you need for however your operations are set up. Then we have wages for your staff members, if you have any. These are your teachers, if you have office staff, maybe you have a cleaning person that comes in that you consider a contracted employee, or I have a freelancer that works for part of my marketing campaigns. So my payments that I make to them on a biweekly basis get summarized each month and put into this box because without my team, the business could not operate. Next, we're gonna get into some of those smaller expenses that certainly add up, but might not be critical to running the business. Now, you wanna make sure that you track every dollar that's coming out so that your accountant can tell you what is a deductible expense and to what percentage. So the first one that we have is membership dues or membership fees. If you're part of Ancomichoon, you have your regional, national, and CLRG dues as a certified teacher or adjudicator every year. That can go in here. You also are required to carry insurance. Not that you shouldn't carry insurance anyway, but you want to make sure that you put in a place in your expense boxes for your insurance. And however you pay this, it might be you pay one big installment up front, you might pay a few times a year, you might pay every month. You can track it however you need to, but make sure there's an insurance box on your sheet. The next big one we wanna track is taxes. Now, you might have federal and state estimated income tax payments that you're making every month. If you own your property, you probably have property or real estate tax that you're paying. 
You want to make sure that you track these things as your accountant is going to want to know what you've already paid. So that way you know whether you might have a refund coming your way or whether you owe some at the end of the year. Any tax that you've paid, you want to make sure you put it in the box. And I put a little memo column on the far right of my sheet just so I can write down what taxes that month is connected to. Make sure you print or save any receipts from your estimated payments or any taxes that you've paid to supplement this information when you bring it to your accountant. The next big category, which hopefully is a big part of your annual budget, is marketing. Now, I break mine up into different marketing categories as it's just a better way for me to understand where my marketing dollars are going. So I have five separate boxes just for marketing. One is print marketing, so any flyers or rack cards or business cards or postcards that I have printed and use for a marketing campaign, I break that out into a separate expense box. Next, I have partners. So maybe we make a partnership where I'm advertising with another local business. I make sure that that is in its own separate category as well. Personally, my biggest marketing spend is in online marketing. So I have a third box for online marketing and all of the money spent there. My fourth box is for live events. So in a month or so, I am exhibiting at a kid's fair. Any marketing or associated expenses with that event will go in that box. And finally, I have a general marketing box. So anything that doesn't fit super neatly into any of the other categories, I can put there. The way you lay yours out is entirely up to you. If one marketing box is all you need, you can leave it as one box. But for me, I like to understand kind of which pieces of the pie are getting my dollars and whether the pieces of the pie in spending is matching where my leads are coming from. My next category is for studio renovations and repairs. Most times of the year, this box runs at zero. However, there are times of the year where painting might be done or there might be a repair. You might remember from another episode, I had a big plumbing problem this summer that required a lot of repair work. There might be some more build out. Maybe you're repairing your floor or refurbishing something and can put all of the expenses associated with these repairs into this category. This box can also help you budget for when you might be able to make upgrades or refurbishments to things that might be okay as they are, but you'd like to upgrade in the future. For example, maybe you want to upgrade a floor or add a floor to your space. By tracking your annual spend on this in a typical year, you might be able to put some money away to make these improvements later down the line. So this handy dandy little Excel sheet is more than just an expense and profit and loss statement. This is something you can use to help budget for the future as well. My next category is supplies. I personally break this into three subcategories. And again, you can break yours into however many categories you think you need. My first one is bathroom supplies. And it might not sound like you might spend a lot here, but Lord knows children go through more toilet paper than I don't even know what. So anything that you need for cleaning, bathroom, anything like that, I put in one separate category. We have these weird trifold paper towels too that we go through a lot of. So I put that in this category. 
We also have things like office supplies, printer ink, reams of paper, envelopes, stamps, pens, markers, all of those types of things I make into one category that I just label office supplies. And my third subcategory I title equipment. And these are all things that we use in the studio like mini loop bands, therabands, foam block, tape for the floors, um, jump ropes, agility ladders, and the list goes on and on. I make an, a separate subcategory for this because this is something that does come up on a regular basis for us, whether it's replacing things or investing in a little bit more equipment. And I like to have a box for it all on its own. My next category is for travel. And personally, I do a lot of traveling for feshes. I attend a fesh pretty much every weekend in the spring and the fall. So there's that. Also traveling to majors and the Eroctas, I tend to go to at least two a year. So I break my travel category into a few different subcategories again. The first one is lodging, so hotels and all the fees associated with that. I also have one for transportation. Sometimes I have to fly somewhere or park my car at the airport or the tolls that I pay on the Mass Pike or sometimes I have to Uber somewhere once I arrive. Things like that go into a transportation category. I also break out a subcategory for gas as any competition that I drive to, you can track the mileage that you've driven. And I also track the gas because sometimes it works out one way or the other. You don't get to do both, but if you have the information, your accountant has it so that they can work out the best um, deduction for you. And then I also have a travel subcategory for food because you're on the road, you got to eat. So any time I spend a night in a hotel, I might have dinner on the way up or I might get breakfast in the morning or I might pay cash at a fesh for lunch. All of those things get tracked into this sheet too and your accountant knows how to appropriately deduct the food that you have while you're out traveling. We're moving right along here. Hopefully this information is helpful for you. My next category is professional services. So these are definitely something that don't come up on a regular basis. It's not a something that I have tracked in every single month, but I have a box for it just in case I need it. And for me, these are accountant services, legal services. Maybe you have a cleaning person that comes in that you'd rather put it in this box than in a wage box. And anything that else that comes up, you never know when you need the advice of someone who's trained and a professional in a certain area, and it's always good to have a box for it so that you have a place to put it when that comes up. In a typical year, the only thing that gets put in this box for me is my tax preparation services from my accountant. The next category I have is for merchandise and costume cost. Like we talked about before, if you're making a markup on your apparel, merchandise, or costumes, you have an acquisition cost for that. So if I am putting together an apparel order, I know how much each item costs me, and then I mark it up accordingly to my customers. So I have a cost to me, and then I have income coming from the customer buying it from me. So I have a box for this so that I can make sure and cross-check the income box and the expense box, because if you're charging markup on something, your income box should be higher than the expense box for this same category. So it's nice to have that as a way to double check 
all of your data and making sure that your apparel and your merchandise isn't costing you money instead of making you money. My next category is ever growing and I feel like it's the same for everybody else too and it's subscriptions. You might have software that you subscribe to or that's charged on a subscription basis. For me, my studio management software operates this way. I also have an Apple Music subscription so that the school is able to stream music from Apple Music and maybe you use Spotify or another similar service. I know there's a couple good Irish dance specific apps coming out on the same model. I also have Amazon Prime for the school. This is so that we can order weird things like those trifold paper towels and have them here really, really fast. I also tend to get all of our equipment and things like that through Amazon as well. So it's definitely worth it for the school to have a subscription to that. And you may have other things that come up here as well. Like I said, software is something that tends to run on a subscription basis, and this is a good way to track all of those things and possibly lean out any subscriptions that you're not using or that you're not taking full advantage of. My next category is for website and domain services. I have a annual domain renewal fee, um, as most people probably do. And I also manage my own website, but there is a fee for the package that I use. There are lots of different ways that this can go, or maybe you have someone who manages your website for you and they bundle everything together. Either way, you wanna make sure that you track the expense of having and maintaining your website in your expense sheet. So you can break this up if you want, or I just keep it all as one. Um, mine actually even goes on a two-year basis, so you can track it um, however works best for you. And finally, I have a box for books, courses, training, and intellectual capital. Now, this might be a funny box to some people, or you might not understand what it really is about, but I believe that investing in yourself is the best way to invest in your business. And investing in knowledge is something that no one can ever take away from you. So I like to develop myself personally to grow my business by reading different books, taking different courses, and learning as much as I can. And this is something where you can make a box for this and it's something that's helping you grow your business. So it's absolutely something you can expense. So I like to make a box for this. It encourages me to do it and use it as well and make sure that I don't miss anything when it comes to my monthly finance Friday. So however you wanna put this in, whatever you wanna title it, I highly encourage you to do it. I also have an other box on my expense column just in case something comes up that doesn't fit neatly into one of the categories that we've already talked about. Inevitably, something always does in both the income and the expense category sections. This is totally fine and maybe it's something that at the end of the year you want to add a box to this if it's something that comes up consistently. Or for me, it tends to be one-off things that don't really make sense to add on a regular basis. So I'm happy to just put it in other. And then I look at all of my monthly others and just make sure they're accounted for on my annual total. All right, so we're able to add up all of these expenses on both a monthly and annual basis. We're gonna take that total, subtract it from our gross profit that we've already talked about and that's what gives you your net profit. Hopefully your net profit is still positive, meaning you've made money, 
even after all of your expenses. But if you're not, you might wanna take a look at your expenses and see where they're not benefiting your income. So a good example is what we talked about with the merchandise box. If you're trying to make a markup on your merchandise, but your expense box is higher, you know that something's going wrong there. Or you might look at all of your operating expenses against all of your group classes. If your operating expenses are costing you more money than your group classes are bringing in money, you know that you have a problem and imbalance there. And that might be something you wanna look at to make your studio more profitable. This is something that we could save for an entirely separate episode, but I just wanted to get you thinking on how you can use this sheet beyond tax preparation. This is just an overview on understanding what things you need to be looking out for when ensuring that you're running a profitable studio. Because at the end of the day, it's great to have happy students. It's great to have excellent teachers and great programs going on within your studio. But you also, as a business owner, want to make sure that your business is profitable. So if you're not already part of our Facebook group, I definitely want to encourage you to jump into that because maybe there are some expenses or income columns that you want to add to this sheet, or maybe you have some thoughts around this episode that you want to share with our group. We have a really awesome group going, a lot of great people, and a lot of great posts. So I really want to see you in that group. And don't forget, if you follow me on Instagram at CourtneyJ underscore TCRG, you'll have the opportunity to submit some questions for next week's Q&A episode. So until then, I'm Courtney J. I'm your host, TCRG, and thanks for listening to another episode of TCRG to CEO Radio. See you next time.